This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. This episode of This Week in HPC is brought to you by Bright Computing, smarter HPC clusters no matter what the future brings. Visit brightcomputing.com. Addressing flexibility in HPC, Bill Wagner of Bright Computing joins me this week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, and instead of Tiffany Trader of HPC Wire, I'm joined this week on a special sponsored episode by Bill Wagner, who's the CEO of Bright Computing. Bill, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Addison. Good to be with you. Bill, what crazy times we live in here. We're, we're not only colleagues, we're also neighbors. Uh, your daughter and my son just graduated from the same high school here in Silicon Valley. Not the graduation ceremony you and I were expecting. No, no, God, not at all. Um, you know, like I think everyone else, my family's been adapting to this this new way of life. Uh, you know, working from home is a challenge, restricted socializing, um, cautious excursions. Uh, to the grocery store, all sorts of things like that. And um, as you said, one of the most disappointing things we've had to deal with is that our daughter just graduated from high school and ceremonies and celebrations were either muted or, or canceled altogether uh, as they have been everywhere. And I think uh, if you're the sort of person that doesn't like change, you're very much looking forward to this year being over. And unfortunately, we're only halfway through it now. Yeah, mi missing out on not only the pomp and circumstance of a graduation, but the attendant days of the end of high school, riding around with friends and hanging out, you know, that's been kind of a, a big blank and is disappointing. And and as you were pointing out, it's it's nothing we saw coming. I mean, we're, we're professional progressives prognosticators as, as analysts, but as my partner Chris Willard always liked to say, uh, when we do a forecast, it has to be bound by what's realistic, but reality has no such restrictions. And, and this is something that we just absolutely nobody saw coming. That's right. And um, you know, the net of that is that uh, businesses have, have obviously had to deal with, with a lot of change this year as well. And, and unlike people, businesses um, generally don't have the luxury of, of disliking change and uncertainty. They've, they've got to confront it head on and adjust. At, at Bright, we've had um, several customers in the pharmaceutical and, and research sectors experience that this year when they needed to very quickly uh, make much of their infrastructure available to fight COVID. Um, I think I think we all understand that projects focused on understanding the virus and, and developing a vaccine and a treatment is probably um, some of the most important work taking place in the world right now. Um, and obviously more broadly, businesses in every industry um, have been affected in, in one way or another by COVID. And I think a key lesson that we're, we're all taking away from 2020 is that adaptability and, and flexibility is going to need to be a much bigger uh, consideration in all of our plans going forward. Yeah, that flexibility is, I think, the biggest theme of this year. Intersect 360 Research, we already had to put out a, a revised forecast taking our outlook for 2020 pr primarily down, but we looked at it by vertical market, although there will be some areas like pharmaceuticals that are more ice, uh, more uh, insulated from the, from the downturn, and, and there are pockets like cloud computing that are are going to be up. And you know, let's also talk about the uncertainty in technology. We've done a survey recently looking at um, looking at satisfaction and loyalty and awareness across all different areas in HPC with processors and systems and storage and cloud. That that processor diversity that's out there right now, where uh, NVIDIA GPUs and AMD Epic CPUs have, have the highest rated forward-looking outlook from users. So it's it's really a very 
hybridized or heterogeneous kind of environment that people are looking at going forward. How, how are your customers managing hardware futures with Intel, NVIDIA, AMD, ARM, FPGAs, all part of the conversation? Our customers understand that there's a lot of hardware options available today that didn't exist a year ago. They understand uh, that there's going to be more options available to them uh, a year from now. And they understand that being able to, to quickly add these new options to their infrastructure, typically in support of some type of new application, um, is, is critical, right, to supporting end users and, and the business. So you know, the way our customers tend to think about it is that they want to combine different types of computing resources as a single centrally managed cluster with no silos. Um, they want to be able to combine different CPUs from, as you said, Intel and AMD and ARM. They want to they want to be able to combine different accelerators from, from NVIDIA and GraphCore and others. And they want to uh, combine different servers from the likes of, of Dell and Atos and Cray in the same cluster. Um, and they want to be able to add, you know, frankly, whatever new hardware is going to be available to them a year from now that they don't even know about yet. Yeah, and a lot a lot of that gets driven by changes in workloads as well, where a lot of these GPU uh, driven installations are, are getting accelerated by machine learning. That's another area that, of course, has been a, a major topic. Over 60% of HPC users have now incorporated machine learning into their overall workloads. Among those, more than half have had a significant increase in budget that's directly linked to machine learning. And you were talking before about the changing priorities in workloads, like what was coming up among your customer base with COVID-19. So we're looking at not only changes in technologies, but also changes in workloads as part of that overall flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, changing workloads are a big factor in driving the need for technology agility in clusters. You know, machine learning's appetite for GPUs um, is a prime example. And, and another one is applications in IoT for things like inferencing and, and local learning using ARM processors at the edge. Um, but, but I think the vast majority of deployed HPC systems in the world today were designed to run traditional HPC modeling and simulation apps through an HPC workload manager. Really, you know, pretty homogenous stuff. I mean, certainly complex, but really nothing like the complexity of what's unfolding now. Today, you have organizations that want to run traditional HPC workloads, containerized machine learning workloads managed by Kubernetes and, and data analytics workloads all on a shared, centrally managed, uh, perhaps geographically dispersed high-performance cluster. And that's infinitely more complex than uh, traditional HPC, HPC systems are today. And I think this, this desire from business to run these different workloads together is it's really not just about effectively using their compute capacity. It's I think also a precursor to integrated workflows between HPC and machine learning and analytics. I mean, it's while it's still early days, you can you can imagine, for example, using machine learning uh, to analyze HPC simulations more efficiently and effectively. Um, so I think with with these new technologies and new workloads coming into the fold, organizations really face a a decision of either having siloed special purpose systems or having uh, a consolidated system that can serve many workloads and audiences. Um, and the organizations that we work with see an advantage in the latter, right? In, in particular, they see the advantages of having a consolidated uh, system that can serve multiple workloads and users as being more flexible, as being more uh, effective in terms of utilizing resources. It provides the ability to tap into more computing capacity for high priority work. Um, it reduces the admin burden and, and it promotes standardization, but with the ability to choose and combine different types of hardware. Yeah, that's certainly uh, consistent with what we've seen in our end user research studies that in no way does data science or machine learning 
displace or, or replace traditional scientific computing. Those scientific problems haven't gone anywhere. So our, our, our existing user base is doing those plus the data science, plus the machine learning. And you know, it starts out where data science and machine learning are, are a complement. They're in addition to the traditional, uh, the traditional scientific computing applications. But then very quickly where it exists, it moves to where it's in an augmentation role where you get this AI augmented HPC or big data augmented HPC, that these things are all working together, bringing applications into the future. And, and that really brings up this notion of scalability, which in my time in HPC often gets misused as, as a notion of largest. This is the most scalable system because it's the biggest one. Well, scalability doesn't really mean biggest. It, it, it means scalable, which is uh, uh, usually you're talking about growth in applications. I want to start with something modular, add resources over time. Maybe I'm adding cloud resources over time. You mentioned geographically distributed clusters that have to act in concert. And then with a year like this, heaven forbid, you have to scale in the other direction and make do with fewer resources than you had before. Scalability is really that notion of going up or, or even down within the context of total available resources. That's correct. I mean, we, we, we do tend to think of the size of our infrastructure as, as only growing in one direction over time, getting bigger, as you said. Um, and that's probably true for most organizations in terms of their total capacity. But when you, when you talk about mixing different workloads on a shared infrastructure and then dynamically sharing the capacity between those workloads, it, it really becomes important to be able to scale down the resources assigned to some workloads in favor of others when you need to. Um, you know, for example, a drug company might want to uh, temporarily scale down the available capacity for training a machine learning algorithm in some part of the business in order to scale up resources for a high priority COVID treatment simulation. Um, but you might also want to temporarily scale up your total capacity so that you can you can accommodate a temporary surge in demand without having to penalize certain users. And in that case, you can't just easily quickly roll a bunch of additional servers into your data center. You wanna be able to temporarily extend your, your on-premise cluster out to the public cloud for that additional capacity. In terms of what Bright offers in this regard, um, so a Bright Cluster Manager can enable both of the scenarios that I described, right? Bright has a feature called uh, CM Scale that allows you to dynamically reassign and reimage servers in your clusters on the fly to either increase or decrease resources that are available to different workloads. And then similarly, CM Scale can be used uh, with our cloud extension capabilities to provision virtual servers from AWS or Azure that uh, become part of your centrally managed on-premise cluster. Um, and these virtual cloud servers appear identical to your physical servers so that the workloads that you choose to send to the cloud to run there can run so unmodified. And when the workload queue for those virtual cloud servers drains down and you really don't need them any longer, Bright Cluster Manager will shut those cloud resources down so that you don't continue to be charged for them over time. This is precisely the part of the market that Bright Computing plays in with Bright Cluster Manager, that the, the, the ongoing dynamic management and allocation of HPC resources. But another topic that we've talked about is new HPC users coming into this market, maybe through data science, maybe through machine learning, or maybe just through the the organic adoption of HPC, and many of them are commercial customers. Now, when when they start going with their own homegrown clusters and they've been managing them on their own, what what's the way in which they tend to first get introduced into bright computing after they've been doing it on their own? And, and how do people get started? 
I think when you when you think about okay, how does an organization get started with faced with the realities of the things that we've been talking about, right? So I think first, you know, we need to recognize that things have changed, and and not just in terms of of machine learning and new technologies coming into the fold that are now encroaching on traditional HPC systems. I mean, those are those are are well understood and they've been developing for a while. But we also need to think about change in terms of the level of uncertainty and the lack of predictability that, frankly, we all need to deal with now. Um, and while Bright can't eliminate that uncertainty for you, what we can really do is give you the tools uh, and the flexibility to manage it. Now, you know, when you start to get down to brass tacks, you know, making your cluster adaptable for the things that we're talking about really requires you to think differently about how you build your cluster because adaptability isn't a software feature or a module. It's it's inherent in your architecture from the beginning. You're either adaptable or you're not, and you can't build adaptability in later. Um, and frankly, it's it's really far from easy to build adaptability from scratch yourself. And that's the reason why Bright was created in the first place, to, to eliminate the complexity of building and managing clusters so that ultimately organizations wouldn't be limited by their infrastructure. I mean, our, our software automates the process of, of building and managing Linux clusters from bare metal. It reduces complexity. It reduces the, the administrative burden, and it makes the cluster hardware agnostic and extensible for for new technologies and, and workloads. When when we think about how we help organizations get started, as you, as you said, you know, how do you, you know, where do you begin? How do you get started? We've given that a lot of thought. And at the end of last year, we introduced something that's in fact uh, geared towards helping organizations get started very quickly. It's something called Easy8. Uh, this is our fully functioning Bright Cluster Manager software. It's available for free and it's available for ongoing use by any organization for clusters up to eight nodes. Um, free support is, is available through the Bright uh, user community called Beacon, and the product EZ8 is available for download from our website. I've been speaking with Bill Wagner, CEO of Bright Computing, talking about flexibility in HPC. Get started with Bright Computing. Bill, you're saying go to brightcomputing.com and check out EZ8? That's correct. All right. Thanks for joining me, Bill. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Addison. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.